I think Better Mondays really in the future with digitalization is making sure that the tools aren't using us and we're using the tools. And I think that really comes from a tool is only as good as you use it. So I think over the next few years, as companies start to adopt more tech into their tech stacks, I think they'll also start to realize they probably have too much tech in their tech stacks. Every single company competes in attracting and retaining the best talent in the world. The Better Monday podcast helps leaders, entrepreneurs, and other growth-minded people get up to full speed with a 360-degree view of happiness, work-life balance, and organizational responsibility. Our mission is to interview top professionals all around the world so that you will have a smoother path on your journey to a happier work life. Your host is Milla Heikkilä, and the podcast is sponsored by Sophocus. Dorothy Marie Bowles is a remote-first consultant and coach. She lives in Southern California and has found her true calling from remote work and teaching other companies how to do it effectively and in a sustainable way. Dorothy has been remote for almost 10 years and has been heavily involved in mentorship and consulting through various long-standing remote communities. She has helped leaders from a variety of industries, from the tech sector to academics, all the way to various non-profits to understand the shifts and actions that need to be taken to support of the future of work. I truly admire Darcy and her work. She is living her best life under the Californian sun, and I believe many companies and leaders like me have a lot to learn from her when it comes to working remotely and organizing new ways of working. If you like this episode, please remember to share it with your colleagues. Hello, Darcy, and welcome to the Better Monday podcast. Hi, Mila. I'm so happy to be here. I'm super happy to have you as our <laughs> guest. Welcome, welcome. Uh, how's your day been so so far? I know that it's it's early morning where, where you are now located at. So how's how's your day started? It's been great. Thank you so much. So I live in Southern California in a little surf town outside of San Diego. Um, and so my day's great so far. I started with coffee and a dog walk and a little peek at the ocean and I'm happy to be recording now. Oh, awesome. That sounds so lovely. As like <laughs> I'm located in Finland. So the weather, everything, like <laughs> it's it's not as great as in California. <laughs> I used to live there as well. Uh, but like uh, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you are enjoying the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And you know what? There are great things about Finland as well. I mean, the northern lights and being able to bundle up in a cabin. I do miss that too sometimes. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, uh, the name of the podcast is Better Monday. So I always ask my guests, like, uh, what makes a better Monday for you? Yeah, so I take Mondays really seriously. Um, I actually do something called Me Mondays that a uh, friend brought up to me. And that doesn't mean that I don't work with clients or don't take meetings, but I really make sure to ground myself on Mondays. So a better Monday to me is getting prepared for the rest of the week, making sure I feel super grounded. I know what's on my plate. I know what I have to be accountable to and strategizing for the rest of the week. And the other thing that really makes a better Monday for me is I promised myself this year that I would 
would become conversationally competent in Spanish. So I take Spanish Ooh. on Monday afternoons, and it's just part of my way to say, okay, I'm, I'm accomplishing my personal goals as well as my professional goals, and it's a way to get the week started to kind of check that off, off the box and, and move forward towards my goals. Sounds awesome. Uh, I love Spanish as well. I used to study it when I was in in high school, but then of course, like every time when you when you're not using the language, you kind of start to forget it. So you have to yeah. you have to use it to actually keep yeah, keep absolutely. it keep up with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, uh, could you give our listeners a little little introduction um on like. Who, who who are you and uh, what do you actually do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am Darcy Marie, as I mentioned, and um, I now am a remote work um, consultant and designer, and I'm also a trained culture architect. So a lot of people don't know what that is. That's really helping businesses architect their cultures based on their core values and the behaviors that show up with them. And as a lot of people have learned through the pandemic, um, culture really is revealed when you go remote. It, it isn't shut down. You, pe- you can really kind of see where the inefficiencies and where behaviors have or haven't shown up. So I help a lot of companies who've gone through this transition period come back to their roots, come back to the North Star and really architect the behaviors around that. So um, it's super fun. It's a really interesting job. And a lot of people need my help, which in the the space is like huge, which is amazing. Um, But a little bit about my background. I've been working remotely for eight years. I was at Airbnb for four and at a fully remote company of 300 people called Taxjar for four years. Um, No office whatsoever pre-pandemic. So um, yeah, I got to kind of see post pre and post pandemic remote working and how the landscape has changed and um, I'm really excited to continue to learn and help others that's super interesting and uh, like you said there are probably hundreds of companies even more who who really need your help or who need help um, to kind of uh, cope with the new situation and cope with like the after pandemic life I guess Yeah, absolutely. And and so much of it is is really truthfully a mindset shift mm-hmm. as well as kind of I would say re-architecting the way the company works. And that doesn't mean the strategy differs. It just means how you get to the goals of the strategy may differ in this post-pandemic, very flexible environment that the majority of employees are demanding and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Actually, like uh, when you started uh, to work in a remote first company, um, was it clear to you like, hey, this is the thing, like uh, I, I want to work remotely for the rest of my life or, or did you know instantly like uh, th- this is it for you? Absolutely. So I definitely had a like brain shift moment. Um, when I, I was working remotely for a team at Airbnb, but the Airbnb at the time was not a work from anywhere company. They are now, which is amazing, but the, the time just hadn't changed yet, right? This yeah. was back in 2014. And when I left, one of the reasons I left was there just wasn't a lot of career growth for me unless I was willing to move to San Francisco. And I'm not a city kitty. I'm just not. I <laughs> I don't function well um, with a lot of buildings, a lot of noise. It's I just can't do great work. It's just how I am. And knowing that about myself, I decided to leave the company and I moved to the mountains. Um, and you know, there was nothing there. And what I missed was solving hard problems with smart people. 
because I got to do that in an amazing tech environment. And I was like, there has to be something out here that there's a bunch of people that believe the same thing, that there's hard problems to solve, that you don't have to be in the same physical location to be able to solve them. And that's when I found a fully remote first company that intrinsically believed and lived that same value. And I would say that it was definitely this moment of, okay, this is it. This can be done. It was pre-pandemic. So a lot of people really, you know, thought it was just you know, dorking off at the beach or whatever. But sometimes I was working from our camper van at the beach, but I was doing great work with an incredible team. And so there's that mindset shift of possibility and really the, the things we can accomplish without a physical office when the company and the goals and the how you get things done is designed in a way that is supportive for that life design. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, well, then on a company level, what does Better Monday look like in the future with all the digital services and digital tools? Because for sure, the pandemic and all, all of the things that had have happened during the past few years, they have changed the way we work as, as people and as companies as well. Yeah, I mean, I think a better Monday in the future uh, does not start with the Slack notification. I think uh, a lot of people could say right now that they have nightmares at that little, yeah. boop, <laughs> right? I know I can see you. You're all guilty of it, right? Yeah. So I think better Monday is really in the future with digitalization is making sure that the tools aren't using us and we're using the tools. And I think that really comes from a tool is only as good as you use it. So I think over the next few years, as companies start to adopt more tech into their tech stacks, I think they'll also start to realize they probably have too much tech in their tech stacks and really stripping that down and honing in on, you know, one to four tools, dependent on the company of an all company tool to really shape that quote unquote, office or environment or ecosystem. So it's supportive to creating a better Monday, to helping people be grounded into the work that they need to do, to being a results-driven environment. And I I really think that comes from stripping away the noise versus adding more digital noise into it. Hmm. Well framed. Then like, why should companies invest in their employees' well-being and happiness at all? Like, why, why, why is it important? I mean, first off, the bottom line, which oddly, I I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, but it's it's really expensive not to. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really at the end of the day, like if you're not investing in your employee well being, that also means you have a higher a higher basically risk of turnover, and it can cost up to three times an employee's salary to let them go or to have them leave the company. And that is not a good financial business decision. And so really taking the time to architect and invest employees' well-being to, one, make sure that they're set up for success to do the job they were hired for, as well as it can be a win-win for everybody. It does just take a little bit more investment and intention when designing that employee experience. And, you know, I think there are so many opportunities to map the employee experience, mirroring the customer experience. Like, what if we create this ecosystem where when a company's hiring 15 more engineers, they're hiring one other people person to support those 15 more engineers instead of just these really 
ancient, for lack of a better word, systems that are incredibly unequal, where people are not being supported through the growth of their career. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it's it's very important what you said that as a company, if if you don't put effort into your employees' well being, it's going to cost you money, like yeah, big time, like real hard cash. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, then uh, in what ways can an organization help its employees feel well and balanced in, in this digital world that we are now living? Yeah, it really comes down to modeling and I would say permission. So there's a lot of people who are navigating, I would say the majority of people are navigating this post-pandemic environment that in a lot of ways for most companies has been very reactionary. Um, a lot of people are not working remotely. They're working from home. They've repeated what they've done in the office. That's at no fault to a lot of these companies. Like kudos for them for even trying. And I think that, you know, one of the ways to support people in the future is really making work more human, making a results-driven environment using tools to make to really kind of architect again that ecosystem so people can log in they understand what they're supposed to do when they log into the company every morning or midday or whatever asynchronous working schedule they're on they understand the shared language they understand the stories and the legends of the company they understand what behavior is rewarded, what behavior is punished. And I think that that is you're really creating a culture through these digital tools so people understand the framework and they understand the freedom that they're allowed to have within that framework. And that is so important. And it, that comes down to you know, really assimilating people into your company and your digital space a lot quicker. And, and that's everything from, okay, you say that this company allows children on on camera great that's awesome if a kid walks into a room okay that's great that you tell me that but do i see it happening with leaders do i see leaders kids mm. coming in the room right am i seeing the visual cues that let me know this is actually okay here and so i think that again that permission and that mirroring and modeling the behavior that you want to see in the company is going to be one of the most important things that we need to do as leaders in kind of the future of work to make better mondays Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, usually when you start to work with a company, what are the most challenging issues or maybe maybe not the most challenging or but like um, the most typical issues that the company are struggling with? I think right now in in the time that we're in, you know, we're two years we're about two years into people working fully remotely. And I think one one of the biggest issues is too many, too much tech stack and no process in how to really use it from a from an all company level. So I say that's number one. I would say another thing I really see people struggle with is taking office first onboarding to remote first. It's still for a lot of even very highly technical companies, it's still very manual, it's very synchronous, and there's a way to really design that in an asynchronous fashion where people still feel connected and can, can assimilate in their own time. I think the other thing is you know, cross-functional relationship building to really remove kind of team silos. And so making sure strategically that you know, teams that need to be working with one another are connecting, they are building trust, they do know that one another is safe to work together. And so 
really, I'd say those are the top three things that I I see people struggle with that, you know, people are finding solutions for. And, and that's really what I help them with. So it's a gamut of things, but I'd say those are probably the top three. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Uh, then we are talking a lot about like using digital tools and how, how do they can make work flow better. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, uh, what are the best digital tools in your opinion to improve work-life balance and also the well-being of the employees and the company? Yeah. So there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of tools out there. There's an amazing tool called Kona AI and it's an emotional intelligent, uh, it's an AI emotionally, emotional intelligent plugin to Slack. And it'll, it really checks kind of the health of how people are feeling that day, that week and gives the data to the managers. It's all, it's often obviously, and, and you, it, obviously the rollout's really important with it. Um, so it doesn't feel big brothery in any way, shape or form. I think that's a really important one. I think people who, there's a lot of people who don't quite have the level perhaps of self-awareness, or maybe they haven't learned how they work best, or maybe it hasn't been okay in the past for them to share really how they're feeling at work. And when people aren't able to share, or they don't have a channel or a digital tool to share how they're feeling, where it gives them permission to share, burnout is at risk. Um, kind of faltering, uh, missing deadlines is at risk. The, the company is at risk of losing that employee if you can't catch it soon enough. And so what the tool does is it'll kind of alert the manager, say, hey, this person looks like they're probably approaching burnout. Maybe suggest them to take them a for them to take a week off. Sometimes we don't know how to help people because we don't know what the problem is. And so that's one tool I think is is super powerful. I think another tool that I really love is Culture Amp. Um, that's a people ops tool. And that's one that really, really helps people analytics in understanding um, how a company can measure themselves against themselves. They can really decide who they want to be and then design questions to really pulse their teams to see where gaps are on certain teams to then strategize how to bring those teams together. And I think that those two tools just off the bat are really, really helpful in understanding what the problem is when it comes to maybe lack of well-being or investment in why teams are feeling a certain way. And it helps you see those gaps and solve them. This podcast is backed by Sophocus, where I work as a chief happiness officer. We at Sophocus are a group of digital business experts offering strategy, design and software development services for ambitious organizations. Sophocus Ventures accelerates early-stage digital hard startups and our latest edition Unicore is a platform as a product for fast business digitalization. For more information, head to sophocus.com and now back to the episode. Uh, you also mentioned earlier asynchronous communication. So, so um, could you give some tips uh, for that? Like how a company who's not used to asynchronous communication could could start to utilize that, and then maybe I don't know increase the well being or or like uh, the workflow in the company. Absolutely. So this may be unpopular, but I'm going to share it. <laughs> um, one of the things that I have seen worked best is literally just get rid of most of your synchronous tools aside from your video call. So if if you find that people are on Slack all day and it's like an all day meeting without an agenda, try to turn Slack off for a week. 
can you utilize maybe Asana if you're using a project management software to really do async communication? Sometimes it's it's we're doing it out, we're doing synchronous communication out of habit, and we actually have to change the environment so that our behaviors show up in a different way. So that's one like quick fix again unpopular in a lot of ways, or maybe starting with just turning certain noisy channels off. Um, Is there a way to just really create that permission environment to not have to be online all day? Mm, Yeah, that's, that's something because, well, I have to be honest, I'm still learning (laughs) to, to use asynchronous communication because, well, yeah, uh, yeah, because like we are all like in, in Suffolk, because we are all based in Finland, more or less uh so it's it's quite easy to have this synchronous meetings so so it's like right it's like normal normal uh i don't know work for for us but then when we talk about asynchronous communication and like i don't know if there's any research about it but like i have a gut feeling that it can really help people to feel more balanced because you don't have have to hop into uh from meeting to another without any breaks in in the mean uh in in between so asynchronous communication could be also like a very useful well it's not a tool but a way of working to help people like you know like we we feel better absolutely and you know it it also comes down to neurodiversity and the way that different people process information i mean asynchronous communication can be so helpful when somebody instead of being on a call where maybe the loudest people in the room are the ones getting their ideas heard that call is turned into a message post and people like me, I, I tend to be a little bit more reactionary. I actually appreciate having time to digest a message and reading through it and then be able to really give a response that's valuable because I've had time to think about it. I've had time to mm-hmm. process it. I'm, I can post my asynchronous you know, response. And, and obviously those communication comes with a lot of setting boundaries. You know, if you post a message, I need a response within 48 hours in certain standard time. What is that? Here's what I'm expecting from a response. And so really, you know, bubble wrapping asynchronous communication with expected behaviors is where you'll really start to lean in and really be able to create a much more inclusive workplace um, where people are able to show up in, in ways that, you know, they might learn differently. Exactly. Yeah. Then how do you take your take care of yourself and your own work life balance? You mentioned that you you went for a walk with your dog this morning, but like uh, are there any other ways? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard, right? It, it's hard in general, just with so many digital tools, like which is what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm really trying to make sure that they don't run my life. So one of the things that I do is I keep my phone on do not disturb all day. And I will get back to people when I can get back to people. I time block times for, you know, um, connection days, meeting days. If I'm working with a client, I really just try to do results driven and here are the times I know I work best. So it's really important for me in the morning to do breath work. Um, I do breath work. I meditate every morning. I was in a pretty severe moped accident about three months ago. So I have a lot of physical therapy I need to do every morning. And so making sure that I'm putting my own oxygen mask on first before I'm giving energy to others is really, really important to me. So um, yeah, that that's a big part of it. Um, and also making sure that I am on those me Mondays, I'm prepping myself for the week. I'm prepping food for the week, even though I'm at home and I, I could, you know, cook a long lunch. 
sometimes I don't want to get out of my rhythm of working. So I really just make sure I'm setting myself up for success and taking the time on the front end to make my week easier and more supportive for the life I want to create. Mm, I love that. And uh, what you just said, it's it's about setting your limits and like uh, also telling to other people's like, hey, th these are the hours that I'm available and these are the hours that I'm not when I'm kind of uh, having me time and when, when I'm concentrating on the work that I'm doing. So I, I really love what you said. Yeah, and it, a lot of it is in order to serve you best. I, uh, these are the hours that I can work because I want to be able to be there 150% for my clients. And if I'm exhausted and my brain is foggy, that's not going to be helpful to anybody. So I think that that's something that we just are learning as a society is like managing our energy and not our time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what comes to that is our old habits, how to measure success in a work life. Like we are using still time cards and like uh, punching ourselves in when we start to work and then punching out. But like our brain doesn't know when you're <laughs> punching yourself in. So that's that's something that hopefully changes in, in the future. Well, absolutely. And I, I do think there's also a, there's an element of physical space in this as well. So we live in a very small little like, surf shack in Southern California. So it's a one bedroom, but it's really important to me to be able to close up my computer and like close a door when I'm, when I'm kind of clocking out. And so my fiance built me a Murphy desk. So, you know, Murphy bed that pulls out of a yeah. wall. So my desk pulls out of the wall and oh. when it's out, I'm working. And when it's not, I close awesome. it. And so it's sometimes even just about that ritual of creating a ritual around your work as you kind of integrate this work-life harmony. Yeah, exactly. Well, I still have one more question to go. Um, name one thing that makes company a better employer than the others. People first. Short, <laughs> short and simple. <laughs> I really think it's that simple. When a company puts their people first, I mean, their people are their power. And the only reason we have great products is because of great people. And so I really think when a company, you know, walks the walk in the people first environment and really does invest in their employee well-being, it does create that win-win in an ecosystem where everybody wants to help one another and everybody wins. And I you know, I think we're, I think we're moving in that direction, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's really great to see how more and more companies are really putting effort into their people and actually like, uh, helping them to, to succeed as, as professionals, uh, but also as individuals, like, you know, like, uh, helping them feel balanced and have a good work-life balance in, in such. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Darcy. Uh, this was very enlightening. And uh, I'm sure our listeners got many, many more new ideas about how to actually have a well-working remote company and like a workflow as, as well. Do you have have some, some uh, final greetings that you'd like to <laughs> add and uh, say to our listeners? Sure. Well, thanks for listening. Um, just kudos to everybody listening out there who's, you know, really working to try to make 
Monday's better for your employees and for yourself. And I think we're in a, in a space of creating just a better world and have some grace with yourself. It's a muddy time. And as you continue to figure out how you work best, how your teams work best, um, just know that, you know, the sky's the limit and anything is possible. Well, this was something, right? At least I learned tons of new things and have many new ideas spinning on my head right now. I especially loved how Darcy stated that companies should get rid of most of the synchronous tools. Actually, wouldn't it be great if we only had one digital tool for daily usage? This would certainly improve the so-called digital employee experience, wouldn't it? If you're interested in improving your digital employee experience, check out Unicore.com. Unicore with a Q. Unicore is a new kind of digital development platform turning those traditional processes to a smooth experience 10 times faster and cheaper than traditional methods. Once again, thank you for listening to our Better Monday podcast. My name is Mila Heikkilä and I wish you an amazing rest of the week. Ciao!